0: Okay, if you could turn in your Bibles, please, to Joshua, Chapter One, please, and we'll get another few scriptures in a moment. <clears throat> The Bible says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. You know, basically what that verse means is the word of God is eternal. It never changes. It is always the same. And that made me ask the question, why is it so many times that we get bogged down in the temporal? Why so many times do we get bogged down in earthly things that we shouldn't get bogged down in? I'm not talking about the legitimate things, but we get bogged down in things that are temporal and we don't live for eternity. The Bible says the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding onto the simple. The word of God gives light. So again, why is it so many times we find ourselves stumbling about in the dark? We don't know where we are. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what's right. We don't know what's wrong. We find ourselves stumbling about in the dark when God's word says, gives us light. The Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is' profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Word of God will enrich us. It will guide us, it will direct us. But again, why so many times do we find ourselves so poor in these areas that we're not enriched? That we're not inspired. It says perfect and furnished. But we find ourselves lacking and empty. Why is these things so? You know, when we read the word of God, do you see a reflection of yourself? Do you see yourself in the words of God? Are we living for eternity? Are we walking in God's light and understanding? Are we inspired by God's word and profiting from it in every area of our lives? You know, when I read the word, I don't always see myself like that. And I'm sure you don't always see yourself like that. But we should. We should. Because God's word is to us. You know, my message tonight is just simple. It's the word. The word. You know, any other light other than this word is darkness. Any other inspiration other than this word is a lie. Anything other that we can profit from other than the word of God. Talking of spiritual things. It's poverty. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate both day and night. It's the word. And I want us to look at the word tonight and just look afresh at it, because without it, we're in trouble. Without it, there is no hope because it is our light, it is our future, it is our hope. And I just don't mean the reading of it. I mean what it it is saying about Jesus, what it is saying about God in our lives. It's pointing towards him. The word is a person tonight, and that person is Jesus. So we turn to Joshua chapter one, and I'm gonna read familiar verses to you. And I'm asking you, Not to switch you off. Because so many times you think, I know that scripture. I know what it's saying. But I want us to come with an attitude tonight that that we know what it's saying. But an attitude that's saying, God, show me what you're saying. Speak to my heart afresh. Speak to my mind afresh. Because God, I need your word. It says in verse 6, Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou defy for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto your fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not to it from the right hand or to the left hand, that you may prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Verse 7 and 8. Thou must observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. Verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Do we hear what God's saying? My word. My word. My word. He says, Joshua, the key to it all is my word. Plain and simple. My word. And he's saying to us tonight, the key for you and I is my word. Plain and simple. So many times we get bogged down in things. But the word of God is plain and simple. We need to get a grip of the word of God. We need to get a grip on it. We need to get a hold of it. We wonder so many times why things are happening in our life. And we heard this is not a new message. But I want to encourage you again tonight to go to the word of God. And let the word of God get into your heart and into your mind. And when situations arise, the thing that rises up is the word. And it encourages and strengthens us. So many times we miss it. So many times we don't even go to it. But God's saying, my word, my word. You know, so many times we're on the road, we're walking down the straight line. But our heads are going to the left and our heads are going to the right. And we're saying, that looks interesting. And before we know it, we're walking off to the right. Or that looks interesting, off to the left. People say the oh, God's doing a new thing. And that's fine. But we've got to look at it and say, no, it doesn't line up with the word of God. Don't go off to the left or to the right. Because you're only asking for trouble. And that's what God's trying to say to us. Listen, you can trust my word. My word is what you need. You know, verse 8 gives us the best bit of self-help that we will ever have. Look at verse 8 again. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Speak it. Speak it. You shall meditate therein day and night. Think about it. Look at it deeply. I'm going to talk a bit more about this in a moment. And observe to do according to all that is written therein. Do it. Because of those three areas there, one of those is where we'll go off. We can speak it, we can meditate on it, but if we don't do it, listen, it's only a book then, but God wants us to get his word into our hearts, And he wants us to walk in the strength of his words. You know, this is what I say so many times. We read the word and we don't really look at it. And verse 8 again, where it says those three things. And then it says, For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. That's a strange thing there that God has said. He says, you shall make your way prosperous. He says, I won't. You will. What is he saying? He's saying, if you obey, if you meditate, if you speak my word, then you will make your way prosperous. We have a part to play. You shall make your way. But this is where it comes in. We have to play our part. We have to play our part. You know, God's command has gone out. Who will step up to the mark? Do you want to prosper? Do you want to have good success? I know I do. I know I need it every day. I need to go to the Word. I need the Word of God operating in my life every single day. As he said to Josh, he says, Be strong out of good courage. Be strong and courageous. It's not going to be easy. But I'll tell you, it's going to be worth it. People will fight you on it. But it's going to be worth it if we hold on. Because it is the answers of a life. It has life in it. What do you want to prosper in? Just thinking, just thinking about this. You know, In your personal life, do you want to be a man of integrity, a woman of integrity? In your family, do you want to be a man or a woman of honor? Do you want to have the right attitude? Do you want to overcome besetting sins? Get on top of them and overcome them. The answer is simple. It's the word. This is what the Bible is telling us. It's the word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto according to your word. It's the strength of the word when it's operating in our lives. And we're applying it and we're meditating on it and we're looking at it and and, and speaking it over our lives. Turn with me there to Proverbs 2. These scriptures just bear this out a bit deeper. Just reading the first five verses. It says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This is the word. It says, my son, you parents, maybe over your lifetimes, maybe your children are growing up or you have young children and you've taken a bit of time to set them, to set them down and say, listen, I need to talk to you. To give you a good bit of advice. My son, my daughter, let me give you a bit of advice. You know, if you haven't set them down already, you know, I'm thinking of young Caitlin and, you know, Tony and Grace, I'm sure you're going to be sitting down sometime saying, listen, you're at an age now. You're right. You have left school when she grows up We'll be, but Maybe when she's be 25, according to Tony, probably, you know. <laughs> but you're going to set it down. And you're going to say, let me give you some good advice. My dad was always doing that. He says, let me give you a bit of advice. As I say at his funeral, whether you wanted it or not, you were getting it. Let me give you some good advice. Let me give you a bit of advice. And being the sort of person that takes advice well, like the rest of you, <laughs> after you've rolled your eyes, and then you say, here he goes again. Does that sound familiar? And was what we do. We roll our eyes and we say, Oh here, they go again. But sometimes if we maybe just listen. And this is what God is saying in Proverbs here. He says, My son, my son, my daughter, let me give you a bit of advice. Let me speak to you and give you something that is going to be of great value to you. And then he says, and as a small word, if, 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 small word, but has great consequences. If you will receive my words. If, and this is the crux of it all. If. You know, we have a will. God has given us a will of our own. And that's where the problem starts. Because sometimes we want our own will. We want to do what we want to do. But God says, if you will receive my words. If thou wilt receive my words. What does that mean? Receive my words. And as I was thinking about this, God wants us to embrace it, embrace his word. And he wants us to embrace it exclusively. Embrace his words exclusively because it's his truth. And how do we do that? We embrace it by saying, Father, I believe every word in this book is true. From Genesis to Revelation, I believe it is true. And you may say, well, how can you know that? But this is what God's saying, embrace it. Embrace it as truth. You may not owe all ins and outs of it, but he does. And as you embrace this, you're embracing his words. We know that he is true. We know that he is faithful. We know that he is honorable. We know that he is for us and not against us. We embrace it as truth from start to finish. Father, your word is truth. The scripture we read at the start there. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. He didn't say when we understand it, embrace it. He says embrace it. Embrace it. John 17 verse 7, says, Thy word is truth. Psalm 119, one. He says, All thy commandments are true. And you may turn around and say, Well, my teacher says this, or my friend says this, or my work friend says this, or my family says this. Embrace it. Embrace what God says. Because we can trust Him. We embrace its stories, we embrace its story of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Listen, that's true. That's what it means to embrace it. That is true. It doesn't matter what some scientist says. It doesn't matter. God can be trusted. Thy word is truth. When they say about the Red Sea, Moses crossed the Red Sea, and the sea opened up before them. It's true. The walls of Jericho fell down it's true Jonah and the whale it's true Jesus birth, death and resurrection it's true this is what it means to embrace the word of God because we're embracing what God says people will sneer at you they will laugh at you they will tell you you're crackers no we have the truth because God's word is true. And they think that that they're clever, they think that they're smart, but it's because they haven't embraced God's word. And that's what I'm saying. If we don't fully embrace God's word, then we will embrace a lie. We will embrace a lie if we don't fully embrace God's word. You know, throughout the church today, there's all this talk of women bishops and homosexuality and listen we need to embrace God's word and hear what he says there's evolution Jesus was just a man this is even within the church there are ministers today who believe in evolution they believe that Jesus was just a man they believe in universal salvation that Jesus came to die for everybody and it doesn't matter what way you live and if we, start, if we don't embrace God's word, we will start deciding what's sin. We will start to decide, that's okay, that's truth. Isaiah 5, verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Listen, there's only one truth and we need to embrace it. And that's the word of God. God just said to Joshua, trust me because I have said it. And God will always perform his word. And that's to us tonight. Embrace its direction for your life. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. We quote that verse so much. But let's let's embrace the truth of it let's embrace the direction that, is, that God is saying for our lives. Embrace it to walk in holiness and righteousness, to walk before God. Jesus is our example. He said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. He says in John 5, verse 30, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Romans 12 and 1 again, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you, may be, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. Embrace its direction for your life. Embrace its truth, embrace its direction for your life. Then it says, My son, hide my commandments with thee. Hide my commandments with thee. What does it mean? We've received it, and now he's saying, Hide them. And he's not saying, Hide them from people, he's not saying, Don't talk about it, don't share your faith. But he's saying, don't let go of it. Don't let go of it. Hide it. Protect it. Esteem it. Hoard it, even as a better word. Hold on to the Word of God. Hide it because it is precious. You know, if we had a, for want of a better word, a lot of sort of treasure, we would be hiding it, keeping it off out of sight. Because it's precious to us. And we need to hide the word of God. Don't let anyone steal it. Don't let anyone take it from you. John 10, verse 10 says, The thief cometh cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Treasure it. Keep it safe. Revelation 3 and 11 says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast that no man may take thy crown. Put it under lock and key. Lock it in your heart. Lock it in your heart. You know, pastors pastor been preaching recently and I was thinking about Samson. Samson gave it up. That treasure that he had, he gave it up. Little by little. With Delilah, he tested it every step until he gave it up. Listen, we can't live like that. We've got to hide it in our hearts. Don't give up. Don't give your secret up. Don't give the secret to your power up to anyone. Esau gave it up for a bowl of stew. Sold it so cheaply. And even last week when pastors preached about Ahab and Jezebel, it even said about El, he sold himself. He gave his most treasured possession away. He, could, he was one of the richest kings of treasures untold. But it was worthless because he gave his greatest treasure away, the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 10 and 11. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Hide it in your heart. Don't let your guard down. Don't let your standards slip. Hide God's commandments with you. My son, hide my commandments with thee. Then he says, my son, incline thine ear onto wisdom. Incline thine ear unto wisdom. Hear what I'm saying. You know, we, we, we all sort of, I suppose for want a better word, we're all a wee bit nosy. You know, I'm not going to put you. Ask you to put your hands up. But you know, we, we all like to hear a bit of news, for want of a better word. Now, we're not saying gossip here because that's sin. But we need to be nosy with the word of God. We need to hear what God is saying, not just reading over the top of it, flicking through it. God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me directly? incline your ear onto wisdom. You know, if you're talking to some of the children, or parents are talking to children, they go down to their level and they say, what do you say? Or you go closely. Somebody says, come on, I want to tell you something. Some of you go really close. and think, But let me tell you something. And you go close. And you hear what they're saying. You know, Put your spiritual glass up to the wall I don't know if that works in real life But put your spiritual glass up to the wall And listen to what God's saying You know, I don't want an opinion And I don't think you want an opinion We want to hear from God You know, there's a lot of, you know If I was in your shoes, I would do this Or I would do that Listen, I want to know what God wants I don't want an opinion. I want the truth. And I got to incline my ear and you have got to incline your ear to hear the wisdom of God. You got to get down and you got to say, God, speak to me. You got to listen intently. And to listen intently, the voices have got to go. Those around you that are giving you bad advice, that are giving you opinions, They have to go. Maybe just even genuine opinions. We've got to listen to wisdom too. But there's nothing greater than getting alone with God and saying, God, what are you saying? That we are sure that we're not saying, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You've been around everybody in the church to find out what they think. But you will know what God has said to you. The distractions have to go. Think of the story of Mary and Martha. Mary sat at his feet and Martha was busy. The master was speaking and she was busy. And he said, Martha, Mary is sat at my feet and it won't be taken away from her. We need to incline, we need to take time, we need to sit and we need to listen. Because we're living in an age where there's that much being said. Even within the church, And it's not truth. It's not God's truth, it's not Bible truth. I like what Ethna said in her, in, in her testimony last week. She said that first year when she was, you know, she hadn't been to a church for, for a year and she was looking and, and it's the way she put it. And maybe she didn't mean it this way, but I, I took it that way. She said, she, I needed to hear from God to realize why the things I believed weren't true. Not to see if they weren't true or the were true, but to, to see that they weren't true. I need to hear from God. Ethna needed to hear from God. Lord, I need to hear from you. You say the same. You need to hear from God. Bring your ear close to the word and hear God say, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way, walk you in it. Let me encourage you tonight. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you personally. And he's waiting on us coming to him to speak to us. And we need to set time aside and we need to seek his face and say, "God, what are you saying to me?" He wants to speak to you. So we need to come close. We need to get every word. We need to hear the words of God's lips to into our lives. Let me just read you a wee, a wee story here, which I just think was, just to back that point up. It says, After passing through a period of scepticism, R.A. Torrey yielded to Christ and studied in Germany. He was chosen in 1889 by D.L. Moody to oversee the fledgling Moody Bible Institute. And he also served as pastor of Moody Memorial Church between 1902 and 1906. He travelled around the world conducting evangelistic crusades with Charles M. Alexander and from 1912 until 1924 he served as Dean of the Bible Institute of Los Angeles. His energy came from pouring himself into scripture. Once a man approached him, a doctor, Congdon, complaining that he could get nothing out of his Bible study. I think this is a great story to encourage us. He could get nothing out of his Bible story. The scripture seemed to be dry as dust. Please tell me how to study it so that it will mean something to me. Read it, replied Dr. Torrey. I do read it. Read it some more. How? Take some book and read it 12 times a day for a month. What book could I read that many times a day, working as many hours as I do? Try second, Peter replied Torrey. The, la- the man later said, My wife and I read Second Peter three or four times in the morning, two or three times at noon, and two or three times at dinner. Soon I was talking Second Peter to everyone I met. It seemed as though the stars in the heavens were singing the story of Second Peter. I read Second Peter on my knees marking passages, teardrops mingled with the crayon colours, and I said to my wife, See how I have ruined this part of my Bible. Yes, she said. But as the pages have been getting black, your life has been getting white. A great story. It made me think, there's not enough of our Bibles falling apart. There's not enough pages coming out of our Bibles. My own included. There's not enough pages falling out. We need to read the Word of God. We need to receive it. We need to hide it. And we need to incline our ear onto it. God, what are you saying to me? My son, incline thine ear onto wisdom. Then it says, my son, apply thine heart to understanding. Simple. What you hear, do it. Apply it to your life. This is not my words. This is God's words to us. Apply it. Apply your heart. Apply your heart. That's another thing my dad always says. He says, apply yourself. Especially at it's good in your homework. Apply yourself. And he was right. He was right. God's saying, apply your heart to understanding. The Bible says, I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes. Always, even unto the end. King David's heart was set to do. It was set to do. It was applied to do. He was always doing for God. So all that you have given me, all that I've heard, I will apply my heart to perform. The Bible says, Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Do it. Do it. Do you know anyone who has ever achieved anything has first had to apply themselves. Just didn't get up one morning. I'll sort that out. I'll have that. They have applied themselves to it. They have thought about it. They have looked at it. They have studied it. And then they received it. Apply your heart to understanding. You know, a heart applied... Follows hard after. It endeavors. It breaks through obstacles. It just doesn't come to an obstacle and say, well, that's as far as I can go. It goes through the obstacles. It's decisive. I will. I will. This is what it says. I will. It is focused. And it will achieve. A heart applied will achieve. We talk of our heart's desire as our heart's desire tonight for the Word of God. You know, and as we receive God's Word, as we hide God's Word, as we incline our ears to God's Word, and as we apply God's Word, then God has promised that we shall know Him. We're going to say this in verse 5, Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. Not before, not in the middle of. Then, as we apply ourselves, God will draw us closer, and we will start to see the light of God's word. We will step out of that darkness. We will step step out of that dryness. And we will be inspired. And we will hear things from God that we never even thought existed. Your path will be lit up before you. The eternal will be what we will be living for. We will be inspired by God's word, furnished onto good works. The old things that held us back won't hold us back anymore. Because we will be living for God's word. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I don't know about you, I want to be rejoicing in God's word. I want it to be my joy, because it is the words of truth. It is the words of life. My son, apply thy heart to understanding. just want to turn to the final scripture in Acts chapter 9. And this just bears out this example of someone who done this. We're talking of Paul here. It says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and, and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went on to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of his, excuse me, any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling as astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. One wee phrase there, what Paul said in verse 6. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? This is an example of a man who embraced God's word. He embraced God's word. He received it and he inclined onto it and he hid it in his heart. Lord, what will you have me to do? That's the statement of a man sold out to God. And Paul walked in light and he was inspired. And he had times when it was tough, but in the midst of it, he was rejoicing and had the joy of the Lord. Why? The Word, the Word. And I was preparing this message, and just there's nothing simpler I can say to you: is the Word. I really do believe, and this this over this last few weeks. You know, this is where I've seen this scripture, just God has been speaking to me. Martin, if you want it, you can have it. But this is how you go about it. This is how you go about it. It does take work, you've got to be strong and courageous. And I'm asking for God's grace. And you're going to need God's grace too. But tonight I want to encourage us to make that step. To make that step. It's saying, God, I will receive your word. I will hide it in my heart. I will incline my ear to it. I will apply it. Just let me read this just from that that scripture, what Andrew Murray says about Paul and that situation. Says, if Paul had not asked the question, Lord, what will I have me to do? If he had never manifested such a spirit of surrender, he could never have been used by God as he was. He became an outstanding missionary through believing that God had a plan for him, saying in his heart, The will of Christ must from this day rule me. It must have complete mastery over me. I am going to live for it and it alone. He did not know the full meaning of what he said. He did not know all that God wanted him to do. But he was ready to obey his orders. And Christ accepted that as a surrender to his service forever. In Christ, God has a plan for each one of us. Just as surely as he had a plan for Paul's life. It covers our whole lives, our every day, every hour, every action. We often ask ourselves questions like these. What must I do for mission work? How how much must I give? Do I pray enough? Do I pray in the assurance that the Lord will hear me? Must I give up a child to the mission field? Perhaps an only child. Ought I to take a larger part in stirring up the interests of others? Often we say we don't know the answers to these questions. Why? Because we do not believe that the Lord Jesus has a will concerning us personally. We do not clearly understand that Christ has decided what he wishes us to do and that he will make his will known to us. Christ has to care for millions but he also cares for every one of us as if we were the only one whom he had in his charge. Christ has a will for my life. That is what really matters. The question of whether he can use me in England or China, India or Africa is not the chief issue. Am I ready to surrender to his will for my life? When I read that, it just challenges me And I hope it challenges you. Are we going to surrender to him tonight? Because look what it said in Joshua. You shall make your way prosperous. And you shall have good success. If. If. John 6 verse 67, 69 says, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thy hast the words of eternal life. Thy hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. He has the words of eternal life. He has given us the words of eternal life. He has given us every word of, that we need for our lives. So I just leave you with a word tonight. If, if, let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. And Lord, your word has everything that we need. Lord, our lives are taken care of in the word. Lord, we don't want to struggle anymore. Lord, we don't want to walk in darkness anymore. We don't want to be dry and dusty anymore, Lord. We want to be inspired full of the joy of the Lord having your word in our hearts that every time Lord that we open your word that it explodes with newness of life in our hearts that it lightens our mind that it, it draws us closer to you Lord Lord that you have given us a challenge tonight that if we will receive your words if we will hide them with us if we will incline our ear onto wisdom if we will apply our hearts then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success Lord you've done it all for us Lord all we have to do is say yes to you Lord I pray tonight for your people that, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, Lord, from your word tonight, Lord, and that you would challenge them and bring them to that place, Lord, where they live in your word. Lord, I ask for, you, I ask for your grace tonight for them, that you would pour out your grace upon them, Lord, to perform this. Lord, there'll be days when we struggle. There'll be days when we're up, Lord. But, Lord, as we draw close to you, Lord, we will see our lives changed. We will see our lives become white because of your word. Lord, bless your people tonight. Bless them mightily, Lord God. Draw them to you, Lord God. And Lord, we say let your name be glorified and honored in it all. For you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name. Amen.